Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Six, four, Welcome to your Thursday edition of the 643 Podcast with yours truly, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation on the Podcast Park, where you should be following along with all of the fans' many plethora of podcasts, including Bucks Beat and Hardball with Chris Tomino and Frozen Rope with Kevin McAlpin and a whole host of other shows. Make sure you are following along every day on the Podcast Park. There is something for you to listen to. But on the 643 today, we are going to take a look at the Braves as they finally have an off day today. We'll kind of look at that Dodger series. Uh, it is Thursday, so we're going to do a prospect breakdown. And today's is going to be one of the pitchers that manages to get lost in the shuffle, but who really does have uh, the arm talent to really set himself apart from a lot of the others in this system. We'll talk about that a little bit later. As per usual, we'll check in on Ronald Acuna, uh, as well as a kind of a semi-trade in the end of an era here in Atlanta. So before we get into all of that, the first thing we're going to talk about here is the Braves series to, with the Dodgers. Unfortunately, the Braves lost yesterday. Charlie Morton never really had it. Uh, Braves lose 5-1, to one, means they drop the series. Uh, they head back home for a day off now today, finishing a 3-4 and four road trip out west, which... Normally, uh, normally I really wouldn't matter. Normally, I wouldn't be upset about that. That's that's not bad. The Braves generally don't handle going out west very well. They've struggled over for really what feels like probably 15 years going out west. Um, Padres and the Dodgers are both very talented teams. Dodgers are nine and three on the year. That pushes the Braves to six and eight. Uh, but the good news is, if you're looking for a silver lining, the offense outside of yesterday, where they only mustered three hits and one run. The offense looked really good. As a matter of fact, I, I think the Braves actually out-hit the Dodgers, which is a welcome sign. It's been kind of feast or famine for the Braves' offense a lot lately. So it's been nice to see them able to rack up hits. Had 12 hits on Tuesday. Uh, on Monday, I believe they won the hit battle there as well. Had 10 on Monday, 12 on Tuesday, and then 3 yesterday. That gives you a grand total of 25 hits. The Dodgers had 7 on Monday uh, and then on Tuesday, only able to muster one run and two hits against Max Freed. Uh, overall, the Braves actually beat up on, on the Dodgers pitching pretty well. They handled them very well. Of course, yesterday the Dodgers were able to muster, get, muster together uh, quite a few hits there and kind of beat up on the Braves on the getaway day. Dodgers had eight yesterday, which I believe gives them a grand total of 15. So the Braves were able to out-hit the Dodgers, uh, put more runs on the board than the Dodgers did. But you know what? It kind of just matters on the win and loss aspect. But if you're a Braves fan, you feel pretty good that the offense was able to, to actually start getting consistent bats on balls. Didn't happen for them yesterday. Tony Gonsolin was outstanding for the Dodgers, and he actually had a, uh, a no-no going for... He actually finished with one hit allowed in his six innings of work. Only had three Ks, which was nice to see from Braves. But unfortunately, Charlie just kind of really didn't have it. 
Uh, he did go five and a third, didn't quite get out of the sixth inning or anything, but gave you five and a third, six hits, four earned runs, three walks, gave up two bombs, and only had four strikeouts, which is kind of low for Charlie, leaving him at a 632 ERA on the season and a 153 whip. We know that'll get that'll, that'll get itself ironed out. Uh, the bullpen was okay. Colin McHugh went an inning and a third. He did give up a, an earned run, one walk, did have three strikeouts of his own. Got to see Tyler Thornburg a little bit for a third of an inning, which was nice. Kind of forget that he's on the team sometimes. But I have a feeling he'll get used a little bit more often now that the Braves have made a roster move or two. Now, Acuna is on rehab, and we've been talking about you're going to bring him back and somebody's going to get lost in the shuffle anyway. Uh, on Tuesday, I would mentioned that I wouldn't be shocked if Waskar Inoa got sent down. He did on Tuesday, shortly after I finished recording Tuesday's podcast. Uh, Waskar got sent to Gwinnett, and I, I said this on Twitter. That's not a bad thing for him. Uh, if he gets to work, it, it does show that they still view him as a starter. I prefer that he goes down and works as a starter and doesn't get stuck in the kind of back-and-forth bullpen to, to starter yo-yo that the Braves kind of do sometimes with prospects that they think can help them. So I'm glad he's going to be working with Mike Merritt as a full-time starter down there. I would expect him to get right. I know they've been working on his mechanics and side sessions in between starts, which means he really, really hasn't been feeling right. Uh, and this gives him a chance to kind of go down and work some things and work with a guru who can kind of get him geared up and ready to go. So I really wouldn't be shocked if when we see him come back up, you'll see something kind of similar to what you see with Kyle Wright, which is kind of a different way of attacking hitters, maybe being a little bit more cognizant of making sure your mechanics are dialed in. Uh, for Waskards, making sure that arm slot doesn't start to drop and fade a little bit. They, they worked with him really hard on his arm slot uh, at the back end of 2020, and it really paid dividends last year. And then after missing all the time, he just never quite looked the same mechanic. So it's going to be about dialing that back in. Once you get that, you'll get Waskar back up. Um, but that did mean that you had two spots because Sean Newcomb, the Sean Newcomb era in Atlanta is officially over. He was DFA'd on Tuesday and the Braves traded him to the Cubs yesterday for old friend Jesse Chavez. Pretty much just kind of like a straight swap there. Um, Newcomb has better stuff than Chavez, or at least more velocity. Uh, but Chavez can give you reliable innings. We've seen him do that in Atlanta plenty of times before. Unfortunately, Tuki Toussaint and Dylan Lee were called up to replace Newcomb and uh, Inoa. They Neither of them got into a game. They both got sent back down. So the Braves, 40-man uh, sitting at 39. I think actually the Jesse Chavez thing got them back up to 40. And then you had Dylan Lee and Tukey get sent back down. So the active roster is sitting where it needs to be uh, with one conspicuous spot available, which don't know if you've heard, but there's this kid, Ronald Acuna Jr., who's been on a rehab assignment the last couple of games, and he looks to be ready. He's still looking for the timing a little bit. He did blast a double off the wall off of Max Meyer, which is no easy feat. Max Meyer is a phenomenal pitching prospect. And that really, where he hit that, would have been out for a big league stadium, just kind of hit the little monster that they have in right center and kind of bounced itself back into the yard for a double. Stole a bag yesterday. Uh, he's taking a walk already. And the fact that he's that he's stealing bases and they're letting him steal bases kind of lets you know that the knee's good. He feels good. I won't be shocked if he's back for this series that starts tomorrow with Miami. Um, if not Friday, maybe Saturday. I don't know. Maybe they hold him out a little bit longer. But I have a feeling if you see him confident enough to steal bases, then I think you'll see him up on the big league club here relatively soon, even if they kind of give him some, some DH days in between to keep him off his feet so he's not playing every single day to start off until he's really building up that strength. I don't know. I think it's going to be kind of hard to keep Acuna off the field. I think he wants to be doing everything on the field. I think that's just kind of who he is as a player. Uh, and I, I, think he's, I think he's pretty much ready. It's just going to be about locking and timing. 
So that's a very good thing for the Braves. They could really use it because, as I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast, the outfield defense without Ronald Acuna has just not been very good. They've been slow. Uh, the arms have been kind of off target. People are taking extra bases. It just hasn't been what we're used to seeing from the Braves the last few years, and it's really hurting the starters. And that's that's something that's going to get ironed out once you add Acuna back in there, but that's something that you have to iron out. You can't be a team that's giving up free bases because you can't, you can't field properly. That's one of the things that has sunk the Phillies and sunk the Mets over the last few years. And if you're the Braves, a lot of what you hope to do is very – is very reliant on the fact that you are very well-rounded and you can do everything on a ball field very well. So it's been good to see Orlando Arcia putting good swings on the ball. He's actually been hitting really, really well. Seems to be crushing everything right now, and that's good for him as he's sitting at 333 with a 400 OBP. Slugging's at 429. That's good for an 829 OPS. Hasn't gone deep yet with, with, uh, with that crazy swing, but he's putting really good swings on the ball and he's hitting the ball hard which is what you're looking to see from him right now, uh, especially seeing as your other shortstop, Dansby, is, is still in the throes of, of really struggling. 22 strikeouts and 49 ABs right now, still leads the league. Over three yesterday with another strikeout. Just has not been good for him offensively. Luckily, Dansby has been fantastic defensively in an admittedly small sample, but if you aren't going to play well offensively, you need to play well defensively. Luckily, Dansby's been flashing the leather, uh, and the Braves don't really like giving Dansby days off. They like having his glove in the lineup, so... He's got to do something quick. If RC is going to be able to play a decent glove at shortstop, they trusted him at third base yesterday where Austin Riley was away for paternity leave. Um, when Riley comes back, I really would like to see them give Dansby a day or two off in a row. Get him get him out of the lineup. Let him kind of watch a game and, and try to attack it again because right now he's just absolutely lost at the plate. And with the DH in the order, you don't feel you don't feel like you have to, to, to play for offense right away, but when a player is struggling that badly – the big moments just seem to kind of find you. When you're not playing well, you seem to always come up in situations where there's a runner on or a runner in scoring position or something important, and it, and it just continues to snowball. And it's, it's got to be demoralizing for a guy who's already not playing well. Uh, so get Dansby off his feet, get him a day or two, and let him kind of try to reset and get his mind right and get himself into one of those hot streaks where he kind of you know is one of the best shortstops in baseball for a five-week stretch. You kind of want to see that. You want to see him start getting bats on balls a little bit, see the ball come off the bat pretty well. And that'll that'll kind of help him right himself and right the ship there. Uh, luckily for the Braves, no matter how they attack it, now that they've got the Padres and the Dodgers out of the way, they get to finish the month pretty easily. You get three versus the Marlins, three versus the Cubs, and then you got a three-game set in Texas. Texas is not a good team either. The Marlins are not good at all. They can't score any runs right now. The Cubs are not a good team either. So if you're the Braves, you're feeling good about who you're lining up against at home now. You get a day off today, which has to be has to be a godsend for these players. 14 straight, ending on a West Coast trip. That's why I'm not too upset that they finished out 3-4 and four on the road trip. They played well for the most part, but man, they had to be dragging by that day. And most of them were playing every single game. You didn't have a lot of guys rotating in and out other than your catchers. Uh, your infielders outside of Austin missing a day because of being on return paternity, leave, paternity leave. And then kind of shuffling Orlando Arcia into the outfield rotation that really they've, they've all been playing pretty much all the way through and just having a travel without getting a day traveling to a West coast trip that that that's never fun. So I'm sure they're excited that they have a day off today. They can kind of recoup and rest a little bit before attacking Miami and that really good starting staff. Braves have had good luck against Miami. Uh, they're, they're built to, to handle Miami pretty well, uh, but Miami has some really, really exciting young pitchers. I'm sure uh, we'll get our fair share of that. Talking about tomorrow's matchup, should be a fun one. 
Uh, it'll be Trevor Rogers, who is fantastic. Trevor Rogers, a guy that I really thought last year could have really competed and won a rookie of the year, or at least made a good showing of himself. Hasn't been good so far this season, which is good news for the Braves. Uh, Kyle Wright, who's been the best pitcher for the Braves, he'll be the one towing the rubber for the Braves on a 7-21st pitch tomorrow. It'll be really cool to see what Kyle does in his follow-up. He started off the season really, really well. Whip under one, which is big news for him. 15 strikeouts in 11 innings to only one walk. That is the biggest change for me, for what I've seen from Kyle Wright. And if you look at his underlying numbers, Everything about it looks eminently sustainable. There's nothing that he's doing that looks like an outlier right now. He's just pitching extremely, extremely well. And that's something that he's going to look to continue to carry forward. That's one of the reasons why it doesn't bother me quite so much that Waskar sent down. One, because Kyle can, right now, Kyle's on a heater and he can fulfill that role. But also it kind of shows what working with Mike Merritt for a little bit and, and getting some extended time to only have to concentrate on getting better can do for you. When you look at his numbers on StatCast, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of red. 94th percentile in expected ERA, 89th in expected batting average, 89th in expected slugging, 94th in expected weighted on base average, 76th percentage in barrels, 88th percentile in strikeouts, 90th in walks, 67th in whiff rate, 74th in chase rate. Just numbers, great numbers all the way through for Kyle Wright. Looking to see uh, him continue this stretch and for the Braves, you get to face a, a lefty to start off, which is good. It means you'll get righty Aussie. Um, I don't know if you'll see Acuna come up for tomorrow. I think it's a distinct possibility that you could see that you could see Acuna recalled and activated before tomorrow's game. I really wouldn't be surprised. I think the Braves are are kind of where they wanted to be. Obviously, you'd want to be ahead in the standings right now. You don't ever want to be behind. But I think a lot of what the Braves were looking to do early was just kind of tread water until you can get Acuna back and you can get your main defense and your main lineup back. Just kind of tread water, and they've managed to do that. Some of it is because some of the other teams in the division have been faltering a little bit, which is you know that's a their that's a them problem, not an us problem. Um, but you have seen you have seen some of the good work that some of these other teams can do. The Mets, I know they're the Mets, and they'll pull some stupid stunts now and then, but they have actually looked pretty decent. Their uh, their offseason acquisitions have really been working well for them, uh, as they right now they're playing pretty well. They are number one in the East right now. Um, They've been performing, their pitching has been performing a little bit better than I expected. You knew they were going to hit a little bit. Um, Mark Canna, they finally got him back. Scherzer had himself a, a classic Scherzer day. Uh, Mets at 9-4, and four, leading the division. So, not insurmountable right now. Nothing's insurmountable at the moment, obviously. It's still super early into the season, so there's no, there's no reason to be sounding the alarms. Luckily, the Phillies are being the Phillies. They're 5-8 and eight right now. Uh, Washington is not good, not a good ball club either. So they're six and eight tied with the Braves. Uh, I would expect to see the Braves start making a run here. So good news for the Braves that the rest of the division really didn't take advantage of the fact that Ronald Acuna has missed the start of the season. Uh, and I think that that bodes well for the Braves. They really just wanted to be able to coast until you got Ronald without falling too far behind. And they've been able to do that. Now there've certainly been some games where they should have won that they didn't. They really should have done very well in that opening homestand against the Reds and against the Nationals. Uh, but there's a chance for it to not hurt you, which is really what you're looking for. Take advantage of the fact that you're finishing out the month with some weak competition. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. 
Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Get yourself some easy wins and get yourself prepared. That helps Ronald. I think that's another reason why I think you can see Ronald Acuna up early because they're not facing great teams. So if you're if he needs to work on timing and just really kind of get it together, this is this is a good little homestand to get that going. He always dominates the Marlins, so you feel good about that no matter what. Uh, and then you're going in against the Cubs, who aren't particularly good and really don't have good pitching at all. Then you go into Texas, who you know they spent a bazillion dollars on Semyon and Corey Seager, still don't have good pitching of their own. It's good. It's a good opportunity to bring him up and at least let him get his timing at the major league level before you get into some more meat of the schedule uh, once you get a little bit further into May. So the good news on that aspect for the Braves is they have a lot going on and a lot to look forward to. They have a lot that should be getting right here very quickly. Uh, and speaking of getting right and getting right quickly, we're going to go ahead and shift to our prospect segment. Um, I'm going to do one today that I've kind of wanted to do for a little bit. And this is one of the better arms in the system that nobody's really paying any attention to right now. He was kind of a pop-up guy, a helium guy a couple years back. And he was a guy that was very intriguing when the Braves drafted him. But there's been so many arms in the Braves system that have really popped up. Guys like Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder, who continues to perform. Uh, Waskar Anoa, Kyle Muller, Tucker Davidson. There have been a lot of these arms that have popped up over the last few years and have kind of buried the guy that we're going to talk about. But Freddie Tarnock is quietly a very good prospect. He's kind of, he's I would call him underrated right now. Um, ranked 12th in the Brave system by MLB Pipeline. I would imagine Fangraphs probably has him somewhere similar. Uh, but I feel like that's too low for, for Tarnock. And Tarnock is a guy that I haven't always been very high on. If you guys were following along with the Platinum Sombrero, uh, for the four years that we were running it, then you'd know that early on, I really wasn't big on the Freddie Tarnock as a starting pitcher hype train. Um, but he's a guy that, that has just gotten better, and he's really come into his own the more he's been pitching. And that's a good thing for Freddie. That's a good thing for the Braves. Tarnock was a guy that when they drafted him, he was going to go to Florida State. He was a two-way player in high school, a shortstop and a pitcher. Braves took him in the third round and signed him away in 2017. Took him in the third round, fifth overall in the third round, and signed him away from his Florida State commitment by going over slot on him. Uh, and they they turned him and said, hey, you're just going to be a pitcher. And that's something that he hadn't done at that point, which means you come into it a little bit more raw. Generally, that means your mechanics need some ironing out. Your command needs a little bit of work. And that's kind of been the case for him early on. Uh, starting off, they kind of they kind of toyed with the idea of moving him to the bullpen in 2018, where he had 27 games, only 11 of those were starts. Since then, though, he's been exclusively a starter. And that's what you're looking to see. It's what the Braves view from him. He's got a good body type for it. He's really kind of filled out very well. 6'3", 185, so he's essentially that kind of same Ian Anderson mold. Um, similar to Ian, he, he's got a good fastball. Tarnox is a little bit better than Ian's. He can run it up to 97, 98. You've seen him hit 99, 100 coming out of the bullpen in short stints. As a starter, he'll typically sit 95 to 97. Has a really good curveball that has a good bit of depth and some bite to it. It's his highest graded pitch at the moment. Uh, and he's shown flashes of an above-average changeup, which is important. It's something that you can see clearly, the Atlanta Braves. They really value changeups in their arms. A lot of these guys that they've been taking the last few years, at least since Alex has gotten over, and a lot of these guys that have been rising through the system are guys that have really good changeups. And it's such a weapon because it can it can a good changeup will help you neutralize opposing-handed hitters, especially if you're a guy that relies on your fastball a lot, like Tarnock does. 
And what it's done for Freddy is establishing that changeup has really allowed him to kind of blossom and, and become a higher strikeout guy, which is something that I personally value very highly. The best outcome as a pitcher is to strike the guy out. He can't hurt you if you're sitting back on the bench. And for Tarnock, you kind of saw him play around at times. And in 2018, he had about nine and a half strikeouts per nine. Now, that was offset by four and three quarters, nearly five walks per nine. That's far too much. Um, but then you saw 2019, a little little short eight-inning uh, eight outing in rookie league when he was kind of coming back from injury, uh, 10 strikeouts per nine. He was just far too good for that league. 2019, though, you saw him get to high A. And high A is a spot where it's very hard to hit home runs, uh, and this, the strikeouts really dipped for him. Uh, in 98 innings, only 7.5 Ks per nine. That was the low point. That was, that was probably the low point for me with Tarnock as far as being a starter. But you saw him come in in 2020. He got some work at the alternate site where he was really impressing a lot of people. And last year, he really kind of broke out. Now, I don't mean to say that his numbers were substantially better. His numbers to end the season in double-A, once he got called up to double-A, they were fantastic. Um, he started off the year in high-A, kind of repeating high-A, in 28 innings there. Uh, had over 15 Ks per nine. Now, he did have four walks per nine, but that 15 and a quarter really offsets that. Um, and, and that's where you started to see him kind of come into his own a little bit, started figuring some things out a little bit, started using the change up more and, and really started kind of making sure that he was not just throwing the curveball, but pitching with it and, and throwing it a good bit and really making it a part of his regular arsenal and started really getting better at commanding quadrants of the zone and putting the fastball where he wanted to. And that led to him getting a promotion to double A where he really, really showed out in 45 innings in double A, 12.2 Ks per nine, only three walks per nine. But the thing I like about him most is he doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Now, to be completely fair, to play devil's advocate here, when you're in Mississippi, it's very hard to hit for power. It was one of the things that made Shea Langoliers hitting uh, all those home runs so impressive. Generally, in Trustmark Park, you're not hitting homers. That's, that's the Mississippi Stadium for the Braves. Uh, so suppressing the home run to a .4 rate was really, really good for that. Now, he did the same in high A, but it was also hard when it was Florida. The Florida Firefrogs was hard to hit homers there as well. So kind of don't know what to expect from him long ball wise until he kind of moves up a little bit. Hasn't given up a home run yet in two outings. He's thrown nine and a third, um, about nine and a half strikeouts per nine. Kind of walking some guys, but it's, it's really small sample. Um, the one area that I think that he really needs the most work on is the ground ball to fly ball. He's very much a fly ball pitcher. He does not get a lot of ground balls. Going back to 2019, he's gone 37.7%, 35.2%, 33.3%, and then early on this year, 45.5%. Now, if he can keep that kind of rate, 40 to 45% ground ball rate, that's a much better outcome. You just, I'm, you just do not... I know the ball's not flying very much right now this year, but whenever you play where you're giving up a mess of fly balls, you're going to give up home runs. And if you want to succeed in this Braves rotation with everybody else who, who has a, a real shot at winning spots here, you got you have to be able to limit the home run ball. That's kind of the one real area where I'm looking at Tarnock right now and I'm looking to see a major change. Now that can come from incorporating his change up more. That can come from maybe figuring out a, a, a cutter or a slider to kind of offset that fastball and something you can kind of deal with down in the zone as well. I'm not sure. I know the Braves really like what they've seen from Freddie. I know that I don't think that he'll get to the majors this year. I think there's just too many arms in front of him right now. But I think if he continues pitching the way he is, you'll see him get, a, uh, you'll see him get promoted to AAA. And I think he'll do very well there. I think Freddie Tarnock is a guy that in a year, maybe a year and a half, we'll be talking about a whole lot more than is being talked about right now. 
I think that he's a guy that popped up, had some helium, and then just kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle of the other arms that they have in the system. That doesn't mean that he's not a really good prospect in his own right. I like him a lot now. I, I really wasn't all that high on him before. I fully believe he can be a starter right now. He does have that floor of if you just don't have spots for him, if he's not beating out Waskar or Kyle Wright or Spencer Strider or Bryce Elder or Muller or Tukey or Tucker or whoever, if he's just kind of lost in this starting pitching shuffle, then sure, you can put him in the bullpen and his stuff will tick up there and he can go fastball, curveball, and you can really let it rip up there. I think the Braves see a lot more. I think they see a lot of potential in Tarnock, which is why they drafted him so highly. Uh, I think they see a lot. They, they really like what he could potentially be, especially if he continues to blossom. He's 23 now. So I would imagine you start to see him get pushed a little bit more aggressively. And this is something where he can kind of sink or swim. He, he doesn't have a lot of pressure. The Braves have the luxury of really kind of letting him develop and, and challenging him. They don't have to worry about him having to be up this year or next year. They've got enough arms to kind of float through until then. They can let him really kind of show out what he can be. And for Freddie, it's a good position. Being in that undervalued role or even that kind of underrated a little bit mold, being in that sleeper prospect mold, it's nothing but good for you. He was a high enough round draft pick to where if he does start taking off, he'll get enough publicity and he'll get pushed through. But he's buried enough in the system to where he's at, at best the sixth or seventh pitcher that you're looking at. So opposing teams aren't, aren't coming in thinking, okay, it's Max Meyer that we're facing, for example, where you can't hide Max Meyer. Max Meyer is Max Meyer. Tarnock is a guy that he's got really good stuff and, and you don't focus on him so he can kind of sneak up on you a little bit. It, it gives him a good opportunity among a lot of these other arms because while you might say that Kyle and Tucker, or Muller I should say, Muller and Tucker and Tukey, these guys are all ahead of him in the pecking order, he's got as good of an arm as any of these guys. He's got a very similar arm talent quality-wise to Waskar Inoa. And I've said before, outside of Spencer Strider, I think Waskar Inoa has one of the most talented arms in the system. I think Tarnock does as well. He just needs to continue to, to refine that command, uh, continue to refine the changeup, get really committed to using it a little bit more. And I think that he'll, I think he'll fly up through the system. I think he'll get himself into Gwinnett this year. Um, if he can get that command to be average and, and kind of cut down on those walks a little bit, kind of hide that walk right into the threes per nine with his strikeout ability, there's a lot that he can do. He can be, there's a lot, a wide range of outcomes from him, but there's a lot he can be at the top end. And you can get him up to Gwinnett and really working with Mike Merrick, give him a full season to even a, full one to full two seasons of working with Mike Merrith. I think you're just kind of scratching the surface of Freddie Tarnock. There's a lot more. There's a lot deeper in that water than you really think. And I think that he's got a shot to, to be a really surprising prospect and the guy to really fly up draft boards here in the next year or so. As it stands, that's going to do it for me today here on today's episode of the 643 Podcast. Make sure you're checking us out on Saturday mornings, 9 to 11 on 680 The Fan, 643 Show with yours truly. Uh, my buddies behind the glass, David Holloway and uh, Brody King, pushing all the buttons, making sure I don't sound like a complete idiot. Check us out every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on 680 The Fan. But thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We'll be back again on Tuesday covering the Braves, and hopefully we'll have some Ronald Acuna Jr. sightings and an Atlanta Braves uniform to talk about. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back on Tuesday here for the 643 Podcast. That's all, folks.
a lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 